All right, everyone, welcome to Alphabet Soup. Alphabet Soup is the name of our podcast that we're starting, um, me and Noel. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. And basically what this podcast is about is we're going to be talking about um, TV shows, movies, anything happening in pop culture, and try and give you the queer minority perspective. Yeah, so like Noel hit me up one day and said, um, let's make a podcast, and I was down for it. Well, why don't you tell them more about like what you were thinking when you, you know, why you wanted to start this? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of always dabbled with the idea of, you know, making a podcast or making a YouTube channel, but I never wanted to do it alone. You know, it's interesting when it's just somebody like one person's perspective. And then I thought of you and the conversations we have on a regular and I was like, that would be perfect. And, you know, we talk about shows, we talk about movies on a regular basis and we always have like unique perspectives and we always connect to certain things because we're two queer men of color so i felt like that would be good to create a podcast that kind of has that point of view of you know a latino gay man and uh, a black gay man are kind of consuming these these yeah. modern art forms yeah completely i know that we have even when we both watch something we both have um differing perspectives on what we're watching like yeah when we walked out of call me by your name and yeah i was like what the fuck was that and yeah we like it was beautiful yeah and we're just i think we're just hoping that um hopefully um we can influence you to watch some of the things that we love or um maybe look at things in a different light because no it was no well for me that helped me look at um, media in a completely different light I mean, I think that's when I started disliking Marvel movies and I had to like step back from your critiques. I was like, damn, Marvel movies are kind of like like the same movie repackaged. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting off topic. So what we want to do is for you guys to get to know us in the first half of this podcast. And I we thought it would be fun to set it up like a gay first date a little bit, just a little bit. We're going to ask um two questions that we are always hearing when we go on dates give you our response and hopefully it helps you all get to know us a little bit better. I'll, I'll set the premise. Right. And then you can ask the first question. Okay. Okay. So we've made it past the talking stage. We didn't ghost one another and I walk in 10 minutes late. You're already there because I'm always late. I'm the late one. And um, I sit down and then, you know, we order drinks. We get past the awkward. Hello. Hello. And then um, the questions start popping up once the first drink arrives. Okay. Um, so, okay, so the first question is going to be, when did you know that you were gay? I will say that it hit me directly when I was 14, and I was in the boys' locker room. And, you know, I had always been around boys without their shirts, but it never did anything to me. But I remember there was just one particular boy. He took off his shirt, and he wasn't even muscular. But seeing him kind of sent me, I was like, oh, I like that. That's what I knew. 14, boys' locker room in gym. Um, yeah, I was just, just going to um, ask you the question. When did you first know you were gay? Um, I mean, I I think when I realized it, it was obviously when I was watching these shows. I remember watching I Know What You Did Last Summer, and the whole time I just kept thinking that, like, the boys were the attractive ones and that they were, like, the good-looking ones. And watching, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer and fawning over Freddie Prince Jr., for me was that key indicator of like, oh, maybe, maybe you're not as straight as they want you to think. Now you got me thinking, who was my first celebrity um, sexual awakening? 
Maybe it was. I think. I honestly, I think it was Daniel Radcliffe, the Harry Potter guy. Yep, I think it was him. And then I grew up because by the time the fourth movie came around, Victor Crumb came on, and that's who is really daddy. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's when I realized. Okay, I I think Victor Crumb is pretty hot. Anyway, um, so the date progresses. We like where it's going. So then we get a couple drinks in us and. You know, then I ask you this next question. So I want to ask, what type of gay are you? Um, I think that I would kind of consider myself a housewife gay because ever since I was young, I've been very into, like, female-centered media. I grew up watching, like, reality TV, like, Flavor of Love and the Bad Girls Club and all of that. And then, you know, I went and watched Desperate Housewives and just kind of, always been intrigued by um female interactions and so that when i kind of started watching the housewives i don't know i just kind of kind of got an obsession and i just kind of considered um, myself obsession. yeah i kind of considered myself a, a housewife gay i feel like i just graduated from like growing up watching bad girls club to then watching housewives and i think that's just like my guilty pleasure I will say Housewives is um a lot better than Bad Girls Club. They they still get on my nerves. Yeah. So yeah, that's the kind of how uh gay I am. What kind of gay are you? Uh I'm a nerd gay through and through. Um fun fact, I'm doing this podcast in my closet. I know I'm <laughs> it. Um I can look at all, look around at all the like nerdy like anime shirts I have, like cartoon shirts. I loved um video games growing up. I was that type of nerd. I think um, one of the first video games I ever played was Street Fighter. And, you know, um, I won't say this is all gay people, but I remember when I played video games and all my other friends that are gay, we like picking the girl. And I always yeah, that was like every game I played after that, I picked the girl. Like, I think when I played Naruto, I may have picked Sasuke, but I also love playing with Sakura and Hinata. So, like, yeah, yeah. I'm a nerd gay. Um, and I also think that... Um, I'm slowly becoming um, like a super drag race gay. Like I always told myself I would never be one of those, but after watching like all what a million seasons of it, I think I, you know, I think I'm I'm pretty much in love with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very awesome show. So I I don't disagree with you on that. All right, now I think we can get into um, the main topic of our show today. Basically, what's um, going to happen is Noel and I are going to talk about our favorite shows and um, basically what we love about them and hopefully we can um, influence you all to watch one of them or both of them or all of them Who knows? yeah so we wanted to kind of help people get get to know us we each came up with like our own personal favorite show um, and we wanted to kind of tie it to you know the theme of LGBTQ centered um, and then we also chose a show that I think falls in um, both of our top te- top best show list. Um, how we were consuming it, what we were thinking about it. You know, we watched it together. So why it's so important to us as individuals and why we think it's important to the LGBTQ community. So, yeah, I mean. And to the allies. I think these are great shows for allies as well. Who are, who are trying to get into queer media, um, you know? Yeah. Because I think, like, shows like, um, just for an example, shows like The Looking may be a lot 
at first because there are a lot of um I think there are a lot of like terms and suggestions in that show that only gay people would understand that we would find funny because we live it but I think these shows are more like oh okay okay I can get that and they explain it along the way as they go yeah exactly so we yeah we wanted you guys to kind of get to know us and see our styles and what kind of shows we like to consume so we figured um we each would bring a show that's kind of special to us individually and then we'll talk about our joint favorite show all right so i'm gonna let you start off um noel because i feel like well out of this list we both watched this show so i think we can both you know have a lot to say about it so yeah, so my, the show I chose to kind of promote in this first episode is, I think, one of the greatest shows that I has been created in in recent times. I think it's um, ahead of its time. Um, and the show is Viva, uh, which translates to life in English, but the show itself isn't really, like, it's not titled after the word life. It's titled after um, the main character's mother. So the show is about two sisters. They both live very different lives in very different parts of the country. And their mother died and their mother passed away. So they have to come back to East L.A. and kind of deal with, you know, her death and the funeral and all of that. And then while they're there, they discover that uh, their mother had, like, a interesting, colorful uh, life. And, and I think... One of them kind of takes it very hard because of just the way that she was raised. And I just, you know, I love this show because I think it's a beautiful uh, love letter to three communities all in one show. It's a love letter to Latinos, especially Mexican-Americans living in America. It's a love letter to women and it's a love letter to queer people. And I think if a show's able to kind of indulge in those kinds of communities in a very natural way and then still tell such a powerful story and then kind of revolve or, or center it around this theme of grief and losing a loved one, I just think it's it's definitely a show that <clears throat> is being highly slept on and I think more people should definitely watch it. And I hope that, you know, in the future, it kind of blows up and becomes what I think it deserves to become, you know? Yeah, no, Vida definitely deserves this flowers. Because for me, I remember um, you were talking it up so much. I was like, let me see what this crap is about. Because <laughs> I was like, it cannot be this good. And, you know, you watch it. And I think even as somebody who's not Latino um, watching it, it's, it's really beautiful. Because I think it's a story that um, we all can relate to. You know, the way that they, um, Emma and um, Lynn. Lynn, the way that Emma and Lynn both have two opposite personalities and how they navigate the different things that they're learning about their mother throughout the show. I think that's, it's so, I think she does it, um, the creator does it so beautifully because as they're both navigating this, this journey of learning things about their mother, about relationships and how they want to grow as people you're relating to both of them in different aspects. And you're like, oh, that's me. Oh, that's also me. Because there are parts, I think, when you're watching where you're like, oh, I cannot stand Emma. Oh, Lynn is so fucking annoying. Yeah. And I think that that's what the author does successfully because then she also brings you back like, oh, crap, Emma is so right in this. Why would Lynn do that? Oh, I'm on Emma's side. Oh, crap, Emma's tripping. So I think when the creator can make you have those range of emotions about their character and then at the end of the day still fall in love with both of them, 
success story. And I think you said it perfectly. It's a love letter to Latinos, to queer people and to women. Uh, and I think what she does so artfully in the show is every season ends on a, um, it ends on a note where if they never got renewed for another season, that you'd be okay with the story completing at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, um, I think that's powerful writing because everybody always wants the next season. You know what I mean? Everybody's always like, I feel like all these shows are hunting for the next season, which is why they leave you on these cliffhangers because they're like, my story will continue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and maybe that's like a promise they're making to themselves or ma- trying to manifest. But I think it takes real courage to be like, no, this is my story. It's, it's, it's in this package in this nice little box. If I get more, I'll tell more. If not, fine. You have something that is completely rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I mean, it. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. I, th- I mean, I think, and you know, you know what, like going through the list of like, you know, of our shows and then seeing the show that I chose to talk about compared to the show that you chose to talk about, I think really says a lot about the, the kind of media that we both like to consume because yeah, it kind of goes back to what type of gay we are. Yeah. Yeah. It really does because, you know, I love when uh, complex female characters are on screen. I love when imperfect women are on screen. I think, you know, a lot of people are very, um, kind of nervous to create unlikable women on screen unless you're purposely doing it if you're creating like the mean girl or the bitch or whatever uh but when you create these women that are very you know likable and they're very human and they're very raw and imperfect and, and they all make mistakes like it, i don't know it's just very interesting because i don't think i mean obviously now we live in a different time but i don't think women ha- have had that privilege on screen to be imperfect and to make mistakes and to do things that might not be morally correct. And, and I think Vida does a great job at creating those kinds of women and centering it around this story of family and, you know, death and love and sisterhood. And it's just a very powerful, powerful portrayal of what it's like to to be a woman, to be Latina, to be yeah. queer. It's just, it's beautiful. And then, you know, I think me and you can definitely relate to it in a different level because, you know, queer people of color are also very rare on screen. So to watch shows like Vida and then others like Pose kind of come into or bring these characters to life, I think it's amazing because we're getting, not only are we getting content about gay people but we're getting content about gay people of color a hundred percent so speaking about what type of gays we are i think i'm gonna jump into um my favorite show now um so i'm like i told you guys i'm a nerd gay so the show i chose to share with you all is steven universe now anybody that knows me knows that i am a complete dork for this show i'm actually staring at two shirts right now in my closet um, so I'll give you a little bit about, um, the backstory about Steven Universe. Steven Universe is a coming of age story. It's about this kid. I think he's like 11 years old and how he views the world. And I know you're listening. You're like, why does that matter? Well, basically he's being raised by three different women and they're all aliens from another planet. And it tells a story about them learning about his humanity as he's growing up. And he's a half breed. He's half alien, half human. So it's about him navigating those 
two different sides of him. You know, he lost his mom, which I think is a, like, it's a very interesting aspect to include in a cartoon. Like, growing up, cartoons never touched on death. Like, they could fall from a 20-story building and still be alive. And it's also queer. And I thought that was actually fun because it was a surprise to me that you watch long enough and you get to see um, two women on screen actually um, kiss. And, you know, it's it's very, I would say, I recommend it for anybody's kids. I recommend it for anyone as adults. Um, it did so much for me as a queer um, person watching that on screen and watching it play out. And it's completed. So you can watch the whole thing through and it's in, on HBO Max. And, you know, I've been trying to get Noel to watch it for years. Now, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch it, actually, because, you know, when we started this podcast and when we started, you know, like going over our list, I realized how many of your things I actually don't watch and how much I force you to watch my things. So okay. I was like, yeah, I was like, I need to start watching that, you know, and I will, I will. It takes me a little bit of time to warm up to cartoons, but yeah. I think. And it's, it's a, it's a slow start because I feel like when you first start watching it, it seems like, Oh, this is just a stupid kid traversing the world and his life and how he's growing up. It's just a regular cartoon shit, you know? Yeah. But then, you get to an episode where you're like, oh, crap, there's a bigger overarching story here. And then they start leaving breadcrumbs all throughout the show. And then it becomes like you trying to make this puzzle fit together. And mm-hmm. I think that's some, one of the more fun parts about Steven. And seeing him grow up and learn different lessons, you always feel like, um, oh, these are just kid lessons. But no, you can apply them to your own life. And I think that was the best part for me. It's especially for people struggling with self-love, I think it is the perfect show because if anything, that's the premise. And I also like, I love like researching the author and finding out, you know, what their headset, her, their mindset was going while they were creating this. And I, she was dealing with those issues. You know, she was dealing with the issues of self-love, finding self-worth um, while she was creating this. And she used it as an outlet to try and like remedy those or like therapize herself. Mm-hmm. so yeah that's my little pick you know steven universe forever <laughs> yeah i mean i think both of these shows should definitely be something that every gay person should watch so me included so and you could watch vita in a day honestly. yeah they're, they're like what eight episode seasons in 20 minutes each right yeah they're so super short really easy steven and- universe they're 11 minute episodes, but there's like a hundred of them, so it'll take you a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the next show that we're going to talk about is a show that we both like a lot. We, yeah, I think it's one of my all time favorite Netflix shows. Yeah. No, it, it definitely is. But, and likewise, here, it's a very powerful show. I think um, it's just a show that really promotes global unity. It promotes, you know, love in the gayest of ways. And it kind of surrounding this sci-fi fantasy world where, you know, people are weirdly connected to each other. But before we get into it, because I know we would get lost in it. So the show we're talking about is Sense8. Um, it's on Netflix. It's by the Wachowskis. And fun fact, they also were the writers of the Matrix series. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, uh, Sense8, it came out a couple of years ago on Netflix. It was one of Netflix's probably first original shows. And 
Um, and this show is basically about uh, eight people around the world, you know, and they are part of a cluster, which in the sci-fi terms, they're basically connected. They feel each other's feelings. They feel everything yeah. that the other person is feeling. And it's just a really fun show. It has amazing characters. It's like a badass show. And it's a show that, like, like I said, it really embraces this idea of global unity and and we're all just one one whole yeah think about um when like everybody was outside playing pokemon go and how everybody felt you know you felt that unity with everybody in your community that this is the show that this is that in show form it is because i remember that time we were all outside playing and Mm -hmm. you just loved everyone that's this is that in show form and i think it's it was such a necessity given who we had as a president during mm-hmm. that time. And um, it's just beautiful. Like you, you would never think um, that a show like this would actually like make you feel so much. But I, I think the overarching message in the show was just walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Like you can come from any different background place or location and you can find something that's relatable that you see beauty in and, I, you know, I think the Wachowski, you know, they were they were in their bag when they created this show. Yeah, and I just I I remember watching it. I don't I don't think that their purpose was to create like a show. At least it didn't seem like their purpose in the beginning was to create like this show that really was kind of um a staple in the gay community. I think they accidentally fell into it. And I think, you know, I'm sure they're happy about it, but I think that we like the fans kind of made it a staple in the gay community and you know the the Wachowskis kind of just went with that and then their season two was very much about like unity and being together and and it's unfortunate that it got canceled um very like too too soon and it was one of the first instances where I felt like the fandom really um demanded an ending you know what i mean like yeah, it, it was, was a- the first time a show got canceled that i was actually heartbroken mm-hmm. I mean, normally i don't care but i was heartbroken and i i, I tweeted i retweeted i signed the petition yeah i so, remember those so days. even though he said it's canceled you guys it has an ending thank god uh we basically bullied netflix into giving us a two-hour mm-hmm. ending special so you can watch the entire thing it's rewatchable um it feels like a complete story. And I think they did a great job in the two hour ending finale. Um, so yeah, definitely. So I, we've already explained why we think it's our favorite show. I am, I'm also a sci-fi buff. So that also made it easier, but um, what are you, some of your favorite characters, Noel? Like list at least two. Um, I really love Sun. She's probably my main favorite character. I think it's telling. Obviously, she's like a badass woman. She is, she, she has probably one of the saddest, you know, backstories from the eight of the main characters, but the way she just handles her life with such, you know, grace and with such strength, I think it's so awesome. And I think she was just such an amazing role model for strength. Um, and then I think another one of my favorite characters is Wolfgang. I, I it's Wolfgang. I love him too. He's gorgeous, first of all, and second of all, I think he's another badass. He he's just 
he's not afraid of anything and or anybody. And I just, I don't know. I, I love badass characters like them. And I think Sun and Wolfgang, I think are probably like the most badass of the cluster. So I'm going to go with them too. What about Eddie you? Had a big flip. Huh? And he had a big slip. Oh yeah. So my first character I'm going to talk about is Kala. Kala lives in India and she is a scientist. I think a pharmacist. Um, who works for a big um, pharmaceutical company. And I just think she is such a beautiful soul and she's so innocent. And she's like, she's like, I got in this like arranged, it's not an arranged marriage. She's like basically married one of she's marrying one of her coworkers, but she's also falling in love with another one of the sensates. Yeah. Um, and I think her navigating that journey where this, there's this man in her head that she's falling in love with, but there's this man in front of her who she can like see in touch like right there is also like her fiance and you know i think it's in a weird way you're rooting for her to be with both of them but you don't know who to choose and um i think her story is beautiful and i think my second person is lito and the reason why i aligned with him lito is a um a mexican a famous mexican actor um on the show and i think the reason why i aligned with him is um honestly because of um how scared he was um to come out and i think i remember that feeling and then after he broke up with you know i I don't want to spoil anything but after he goes through his breakup and he was like on the floor crying like i know sad moment i remember being like that at one point in my life you know Mm -hmm. but then you have this snap um and then you get up from it and it's all because of the great people you have around you you know what i mean the support that you're getting from around you and i think i related to that part of the story so much that i just fell in love with him even though sometimes he can be a whiny little bitch but, uh, <laughs> i look past that and i think he has a really beautiful story and um yeah i love lito too i um watching his his boyfriend is played by like a very very famous mexican actor so watching him play a gay character and then watching him kind of grow, like watching him grow up and then seeing him at an older age playing a gay character and to do it in so, like so well and so believable, it was, it was awesome. It was really rewarding. And I think for Lito, the payoff whenever he finally accepts who he is, is so rewarding to the audience, you know? No, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, there are eight characters, so we're only touching the surface of how great this is. I honestly love them all equally. This was a hard decision, but yeah. um, Sensei is definitely Netflix's best show. Uh-huh. I don't care what anybody says. That's my opinion, but I'm standing by it. I think it's everything the world needs, everything um, everyone needs to be, and I, I try and watch it once a year at least to just remind myself how I should um, basically treat people, you know? Yeah. Um, and the fun fact is every single, like, they come from eight different countries and every single one of them is shot in that country. So, like, it's authentic. It's not a green screen. They're actually there. So, 100%. I think everybody should watch Sensei um, if you take any show from this list. There's only two seasons, so. Yeah, I mean, all three of these shows are pretty um, easy to consume. We're not asking you to spend 55 hours catching up on Grey's Anatomy. Like, these shows actually have... Hey, hey, hey. Leave Grey's out of this. (laughs) But no, yeah, it's... I think you you guys should watch any of these three shows and um, 
and just kind of get it lost in the world that we have provided for you guys. Okay. So I think that pretty much wraps up our um show today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first show. I, I just want to say thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into our very first podcast episode. Um, You can expect more podcasts like this in the future. We're going to try and release these on a bi-weekly basis. And um, do yourself a favor and go watch any of the shows we recommended. You know, whether it's Vida, Steven Universe, or Sense8, uh, dabble in them and let us know your thoughts. Um, you can follow us both on Instagram. You can follow me at that guy Mateo, and you can follow me at Noel Salices. And I just want to say once again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you all next time. See you guys.